Welcome to Table Flipping. I'm actress Taylor Mishak. And I'm writer Alyssa Littman. Join us as we sit down with guests to unpack how the fascinating, messy women of reality TV have shaped our lives. And of course, dish about Bravo, The Bachelor, and everything in between. Thanks Thanks for for listening. Viva la diva. I'm losing my voice. I actually kind of sound like Luann today. Wow. Wow. There is a diva deep in you. (laughs) (laughs) Nailed it. Uh, Wow. A lot uh, happened this week in the world of reality TV, including the end of an era with the Kardashians piecing out. Good for them. Honestly, you know, say no sometimes. That That's great. You guys you gave us fine. a lot. And uh, it seems like it was going downhill in many different ways. And yeah, uh, you know, it's, it does feel like it's just kind of it just puttered out and it just lost steam. And they all were like, never mind. We're not doing a show anymore. Yeah. Instead of having like a big finale that feels i don't know cool and like we were building up to something it just really really petered out but Wait, so are they know. gonna air the rest of this like covid footage that they have or no i'm under the impression that they are because oh, he okay. has been advertising it i've been watching a fuck ton of tv lately and he is, has been advertising it coming back um so i do think that they're just finishing out with this season but it's i'm under the impression that when they shot it they didn't know it was the last one so yeah Okay. And now they, they, I think that they were trying to get back into production and then all of them were like, never mind, what's the point? Let's just cancel the whole thing. We're too rich so and we won't, too much of a We're nightmare. just too rich <laughs> and we are too busy swimming in our pools. We've actually never swam in before quarantine and now we're in them. Uh, I how, think that... What was I was going to ask you, how do you feel about Kris Jenner holding a diamond for Beverly Hills? Uh, I love this theory or this um, fan you know, reaction. Uh <laughs> Andy Cohen said something funny, which makes total sense. He was like, yeah, right. Chris would never come on this show. She would have no control. So why would she do that? Like, I think she likes that. Like her, her little guest appearances are really fun and cute, but there's no way that girl is going to come and be a housewife because she is used to completely writing and controlling and like just being the puppeteer of the whole keeping up with the Kardashians empire, right? She is and essentially the Andy Cohen of that family. <laughs> yeah. So she's not going to come. And especially like if you're looking specifically at the Beverly Hills franchise, like that's become such a debacle lately with Denise mm-hmm. not having any power and trying to like send a cease and desist to Bravo. <laughs> it's not going to happen. But I love that. I like the thought I did. The very first meme I saw about it, I went, Oh, I like that. <laughs> yeah. How did fun. it make you feel? <laughs> um, I don't know. I thought it could be like an interesting version of a Vanderpump because she's such good friends with Kyle. Uh, Mm. But I agree. I mean, you know, the Kardashians is clearly a very curated, specific version of what they want you to know. Although I would love the chaos of seeing like what the fuck is actually really going on in that family if she agreed to do it. But then, uh, yeah, yeah, I just feel like they're sort of like masterminds at um, covering up stuff and telling a different story at this point, manipulating the media and all of that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, maybe we want someone more honest and with less to lose, I guess. Yeah. Uh, uh, you go. No, you go. You go. You go. <laughs> no, I was going to bring up the most insane headline that, like, really honestly just stressed me out more than anything, which is the second Darby baby is <laughs> on its way. I was like, what is she going to say right now? Yeah. <laughs> Do you think Ashley like, is you a told genius me. for, like announcing this right when we know we're going to watch her relationship crash and burn again so you kind of have to hold your comments about how fucked up her life is because she's pregnant again yes i do think she's a genius i think she's the stupidest genius on the planet (laughs) (laughs) i just can't take it anymore it's like when the stakes get that high and people you know we talk about in these shows obviously things are very stupid but there are real divorces and real babies and these like very real things with real life consequences that happen. And it's 
just makes me feel so nervous and uncomfortable. The idea of this marriage that is so profoundly fucked up on every level that we can even see and we don't even see all of the different layers to it. And they're just producing another real human being that's going to grow up and be like, yeah, those are my parents. Well, let me tell you, <laughs> as a person who's a big fan of divorce, those kids are going to be fucking hilarious or in rehab all the time. So let's pray that they're hilarious. <laughs> honestly. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. I just can't uh, imagine like what. I mean, I don't know. We've seen Ashley go through so much stuff in her life. So we understand like there's a sense of security in this relationship. But I just can't bring myself to understand how they had sex with each other again to create a human being it's so crazy excellent point excellent point how did this happen how did you get on top of that skeleton of a man i just can't (laughs) i hate (laughs) him sound (laughs) i just don't like him at all and it makes me upset that she's being this manipulated by him he won't even hold his own baby for two days it's crazy and then i don't know I don't know. Mm-mm. I just hope when Mm-mm. they do split because she's very young and she has so much of her life left that she gets like a huge amount of money and never has to deal with someone like this again. That's what I'm hoping yes. for. Yes. That is what I want to see. I want to see her just living off of that fat alimony with two cute kids. <laughs> uh, speaking of, unless there was any other like news things, what did you think about Potomac this week? Uh, it's, uh, it's slacking, I think. When we're sitting yeah. around watching them soberly eat pizza going, like, why are we here? I think that's, like, should be left on the cutting room floor. I know they like to save juicy pieces of information for an episode drop at the end, but it's like, scooch up this Candace text message situation and put some more background conversations in there before she confronts Ashley about it. There must be more footage of that, I would yeah. anticipate. Also... I'm this is very sleuthy and I don't know I don't mm, actually you know what never mind I think I'm wrong I was gonna say in the text message chain it looked like it there were five attachments because the picture of yeah, Michael was I, five I of that. five so mm. I'm wondering if that's like five total attachments for the whole text chain that has nothing to do with this conversation or if she sent five pictures which would be more interesting mm. to me so that know. is interesting. I noted that as well. I was like, huh. And then I thought it was funny that she was like, we do have to blur out the name of the person who sent this to me. Yeah. Uh, so that I'm, I'm intrigued by. I doubt that they're like in the world of the show, but I just want to know everything about Michael getting caught on his night out with the boys, <laughs> with the strippers. <laughs> Should I do the whole podcast in a raspy, bad Australian accent? I love it. Um, <laughs> yeah. What did you think? I mean, we're watching them spray themselves with bug spray. We watched them do a pancake judging contest i mean this is not the level yeah. of content we're here for so that's no especially in quarantine i was thinking about how you called siesta key hanging out porn oh right because we get so jealous in quarantine when you know we're just sitting on our couches and we're watching all of these like cool parties and people are having fun and they're playing drinking games and whatever and this was the first time since we've been staying at home that i watched an episode of tv and i was like ah I'll take my living room over that. Yeah. Like the Potomac episode was so boring. Their trip was so boring. I think the editors are having a little fun with like how bad the vacation is and showing how much fun Monique thinks she's having and how miserable the other women are as they're like (laughs) weirdly putting worms at the end of fishing sticks. And they're like, this sucks. So that's like cute to me. But overall, wow. Couldn't be more boring. Skip that part. I actually have a dumb question for you. Have you ever been in a kayak before? Have you ever kayaked alone before? I have not kayaked alone before. I've kayaked. Actually, I have. Actually, I have. I did. I've kayaked two times in my life. Once was by myself, and the other one was with Tony. And I had a full-on panic attack because Tony did not follow the rules that the kayak guy told us at the beginning. And it was very dangerous, in my opinion. And I freaked out. But why? Why do you ask? Uh, What did he do? (laughs) First of all, you can't just say that Tony broke the rules and then not tell us what rules he broke. It was like... I, first of all, didn't even want to get in it because I'm very nervous in open water. I'm a very nervous Nelly. Yeah. And I, and I actually don't even realize it until it's happening. I don't, I love the ocean. I love being by the beach. And I, I don't think of myself as like, I don't, I don't have like a fear of drowning, but when I get in really open water in a big ocean, I start to get very freaked out about just how big it is. It's like the opposite of claustrophobia. So we get in the little kayak and the guy who puts us in the kayak is like, all right, just like head out. We're starting from the beach. 
head out into the ocean. Make sure you don't get too close to that big giant rock because the water gets really shallow and there's like a reef and mm-hmm. that's and you'll bump into the reef and you'll fuck shit up and there's like fish and octopus and pirates and ghosts and monsters down there, <laughs> in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, like Tony takes us out. We start to get like a little too far and I'm starting to get very nervous. And then he turns around and was like, well, if there's a reef. It's probably going to have some like really interesting, cool things to look at. We could get kind of close to it. And I was like, I don't think that's a good idea. And we got way too close to it. And then I started to freak out. And I will admit that I I picked up like my paddle and I raised my arms above my head because for some reason that made me feel better. And I was (laughs) going, Tony, I'm freaking out. I'm freaking out. I'm freaking out. We have to turn around. We have to turn around. We have to turn around. I'm just like repeating myself while I'm panicking. And Tony's like, all right, I'll turn around, but you need to help me. Like, you need to put your paddle back down. And I was like, no, 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 no. I can't do it. I can't move. I can't do it. I can't do it. And he's like, well, if you're freaking out, how am I supposed to turn this fucking thing around? Uh, It was great. And then when we finally did get back into the beach, I was like clearly panicking. And Tony was like laughing at me a little bit. And the kayak guy was like, wow, you guys did get pretty close to that fucking thing. I'm glad that you're all okay." And I was like, see, (laughs) see what you did. Um, so (laughs) I'm not good at kayaks. So kayaking Uh, is also my least favorite thing ever. And now it's making me feel like we should put ourselves in a kayak together and see what happens for the comedy, you know, (laughs) (laughs) but the only time I've ever been kayaking by myself, we went in Long Beach and it was supposed to be like a, you know, it's not an open water. It's like a Harbor where people have their houses and it's easier allegedly Mm. to paddle it was so windy and I have such little noodle arms. I have no upper body strength. I was literally getting blown backwards by the wind the entire time as my friends were all plowing forward and laughing at me and leaving me in the dust. I kept getting turned sideways and I literally could not turn my kayak back forward. It got so bad that our friend had to turn around kayak towards me grab the nose of my kayak hold it behind her thing and kayak forward like that's how bad oh my I was God, Alyssa. and every single time I was like I'm going back I'm turning around they're like no it'll get less windy no it was fucking horrendous and they all make fun of me to this day about how terrible I was at kayaking and normally I love a like a, a an athletic activity but that that one not for me so that's the thing though is in both stories nobody has patience for someone who doesn't want to fucking kayak yeah most times I've been kayaking <laughs> I've said I don't want to do this and the other person I've been with has been like you're gonna fucking do this and it's like why does nobody just let a girl not kayak like, just let a girl not kayak. I enjoy, I'll sit on the beach or I'll sit on the dock. I'll do whatever. Just let us be. Although I, I do, I again, for the comedy, if there is an opportunity for you and I to get in a kayak, I'll I'll do it as long as someone is filming and we're wearing vests. Because we could also <laughs> turn around at any time. I think that was at the Which problem. we will promptly do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, great. Well, I'm glad we're on the same page about kayaks. Kayaks. Um, should we talk about... Beverly Hills? What do you think? Uh, yes. Let's talk about Beverly Hills. I I had like two big reactions to this, you know, reunion part two, which was that had nothing to do with all of the Denise drama. And it is that I love a moment, especially in the Housewives, where there is obviously a lot of drinking, where someone like Erica is asked a question about a certain day. And then Erica goes, I mean, let's be honest, I was wasted. (laughs) She was like, did you see that footage of me on the couch? And they like played back to this footage of you didn't notice it necessarily at the time because she was kind of in the background of the scene when this was (laughs) happening. But homegirl is so drunk. I love it. And she's shoving French fries into her mouth in the funniest way. Yeah, that was the first thing I wrote down in my notes. So we're matching. (laughs) And she literally goes, we're having snacks. (laughs) Yeah, that's how I'm always the person at a party especially when we're drinking to just sit right in front of the food and just like plow through the food while everyone else is like chatting and talking. I'm eating way too much of my portion of the party food. And I appreciated seeing Erica do that as well. Yes. Um, I also, I had written down, I wonder if you wrote this down too, because it is pretty notable and I don't, I'm not at all making fun of, (laughs) this sounds so weird to say, I am not making fun of this baby because I draw the line at bullying babies, but I, Teddy had a conversation about her daughter whose name is Dove and Andy (laughs) was asking about 
the name Dove and how they landed on the name Dove. And Teddy said, I, you know, I always really loved it and I was really pushing for it. And Edwin, my husband, didn't really care for it until I told him that there was a Dove emoji and that won him over because he thought that was pretty cool that she would have her own emoji for the rest of her life. And my jaw dropped to the floor. I think a lot about the pressure of naming a human being. Like, I think that that's such a crazy conversation to have if you're expecting a child. And to have someone be won over so easily from a name they didn't like because you point out there's an emoji of it? What are you talking about? He said, there's no Edwin emoji. It's like... (laughs) No, honey, there's not. Did you go looking for it, you dummy? What do you mean? Like, it was, like, who who does that? What grown human beings are like, well, then we named her this because there was an emoji. And I, this is coming from me, our resident bird lover. That's true. I love a bird name. Wow. I just hate stupid ass shit like See, that. So you would have accepted like, oh, this bird is a symbol of peace or something mm-hmm. deep like that. No, they had to fuck it up. I hope that by the time Dove is old enough to know what an emoji is, we no longer have emojis because technology has moved on. That would be the best the best yeah. explanation for your own name is okay, so in twenty twenty there were these little icons called emojis and people used to use them to communicate with each other on an iPhone. I know, I know it's like really old technology. <laughs> like, <laughs> just dove as a teenager. Being know, like, My parents are idiots and I hate my name. Just call me D or something just like call that. me D. Um, Teddy's daughter also lost the tip of her finger. Which is yes. Her insane. other daughter who we should just say is named slate slate slade. Or slate. I have no idea. Exactly. That's the problem (laughs) with the name. I'm being a real Tony right now. Tony hates names that are not names, he says, and is very judgmental about them. But yeah, her daughter got the tip of her finger cut off from a slamming door. And then she got Dr. Nassif of E's reality show botched to fix it. That's nice. I think that's that's cool. I think that that's really neat. And I also think it was a fun fact, you know, that we learned that hopefully we never, ever have to use, but that you don't put a amputated finger on ice. Wait, I'm sorry. Is Dr. Nassif Adrian Maloof's ex-husband? Uh, Is he on a show with um, Dubrow, Terry Dubrow? Yes. Yeah, that's Oh, him. okay, great. Yeah, so I think it's Adrian's ex-husband. Can I tell you a really stupid sh- story about that show really quick? Yeah, 100%. Um, my mom was uh, in the hospital with pneumonia last year, pre-COVID. And I was watching TV with her, and she was, like, all hopped up on, you know, medication. And <laughs> I was flipping through the channel. She didn't care what we watched. And I stopped on E, and Botched was on. And she goes, hey, I know that guy. And I was like, okay, Mom. And she was like, no, he, he tried to have sex with me when we worked at a restaurant together. And I was like, <gasps> what? And she, I was like, wait, are you serious? And she's like, yeah, I know him. What's his name? Terry Dubrow? And I was <gasps> like, yes. And I was like, I thought my mom was having like a full like hazy hospital Yeah, like dream. a vision. But it turns out she actually worked at a restaurant with Terry Dubrow before he met Heather. I, I clarified. And so there's no foul play. And was like interested in my mom, I guess, as a coworker. <laughs> We are changing the intro to the whole podcast that like introduces what we are and just inserting that story so it plays in every single episode. I could have Terry Dubrow's daughter hit on your mom, (laughs) Alyssa, and you don't have that tattooed on your fucking forehead. That's so cool. I'm obsessed. Good for my mom because Heather's hot. You know, like yeah, exactly. High standards. So way to go, mom. You were like, you were, you were, you came to play at work back in the day. Oh my god, good for. For her that is the fiercest thing I've heard in months I'm so into that wow thank um, you for sharing thank yeah. you thank you Teddy's daughter for cutting off your finger in quarantine so we brought up that weird <laughs> connection and now heard this story it all makes sense <laughs> um no brandy and no real resolution to the whole no. situation oh and we know as of today that Denise is officially not coming back as yeah. opposed to what I previously thought, which is that she was coming back with just the fattest paycheck ever. But she's just not coming back. Which makes sense. And, you know, go with God. Everyone will be better for this, I think. <laughs> yeah. And let's get someone else new. Let's get someone new and exciting because I bet Garcelle is going too. Ugh. <sighs> 
that sucks because I really did like Garcelle. Yeah, I'm going to hold on one second. I see Buffredo has a big branch in his mouth. <laughs> we can leave this in. <laughs> okay, one perfect. Do not get a dog, you guys. It's crazy. <laughs> Every time I look out the window, he's like got some shit in his mouth and is like proudly trotting around with it. And I'm like, no, I don't want to go to the vet for some sort of obstruction. <sighs> uh, so, yeah, Denise is leaving. Who needs her? Moving on. Brandy didn't come on because Bravo decided that Brandy saying I sucked on her clit was everything you could say about the situation. And you know what? I kind of agree. <laughs> Preach. I completely agree. At first I thought, you know, I was team Lisa Reno and I was like, this is bullshit. If the story is going to have so much to do with her, have her on. And then to hear that reasoning makes total sense. Like, and I, as much as I, you know, love an occasional screaming match, like I really hate when reunions, you can't even hear a single word. And let's be honest, that would happen if Brandy came on, everyone would just be screaming and Denise would leave. Yeah. So the option is also Brandy or Denise. And, you know, you got to just go with Denise, I guess. Yeah, that makes sense. And I feel like we got, I mean, so much of this was repeated throughout the season. It's like, it really does feel like they said everything they have to say. And, like, Denise is just yeah. not going to acknowledge anything. And Brandy's just going to keep saying the same stuff. So great, great job, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Way to give us no resolution and tell us exactly Way what we already knew from the beginning before the fucking season even aired. Excellent. I know. Excellent job. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I did enjoy it. I enjoyed watching it play out. It was shocking. But after a while, it was like, okay, can we can we move on from this? Can we have anything else we can talk about? Is there anything? Can someone else be mean to Kyle or something? Let's yeah. do that. Um, speaking of reunions, did you <laughs> enjoy? <laughs> I am the transition queen. Yes. Uh, did you enjoy your first uh, in-person reunion? All right. In that, COVID? Mike watched some of this and was like, if any of these women have COVID, there is no way that they're not all getting COVID. To which I responded, like, I'm sure they were frequently tested up until this moment so that they could say with reasonable deniability that none of them were COVID positive. Because you can't just, like, put everyone in an abandoned warehouse with the worst rugs I've ever seen, <laughs> like, a little bit further away from each other. I mean, look, I think the logistics of this were very interesting because they had so normally like they would cross shoot with you know a few different cameras because they're all scooched together and they can fit them all mm -hmm. in one shot but because of the spacing i don't know if you noticed that they had to put the cameras in between each of them so the cameras were in the shot yeah yeah and i thought that their really eye lines were way fucked up and yeah. then they would do side by sides if the women who were arguing with each other were too far apart. Like that Tinsley Dorinda side by side. Yeah. Uh, was really crazy, but it, yeah, it was very interesting the way that they like adapted and were, you know, it made me uncomfortable when the episode starts with just like a bunch of cleaning people, like yeah. scrubbing down the velvet chairs as yeah. if like, look what we're doing. We're desanitizing <laughs> everything. And there's these gold hand sanitizer pumps next to everybody's chair and look how far away there. It was like, Oh, this is uh, so uncomfortable for me. But I mean, I after a while I stopped thinking about it and just like enjoyed the 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 reunion. So for sure, I, don't know. I I'm I feel like these women are always interesting uh, and entertaining to watch, even when they there's no story that they're talking about. So I did get a kick out of you know seeing what Ramona thought a trendy mask looked like and them just yeah. screaming at each other. I will say like. Leah was trying to say that her anger towards Ramona was not about wearing a mask and it was more about like showing empathy. And I have mm -hmm. to disagree. I, I think <laughs> it has to be about wearing a mask, right? I think it was a little bit of both. I, at the time, it definitely was both. And then I think that Leah just decided in this reunion to just like, I don't know, just put all of the attention on just Ramona being sort of a inconsiderate asshole instead right. of getting it down into like the Corona logistics, which is kind of a smart thing for Leah to do because as we've said for different topics, political or not, and definitely scientific, you can't use the real housewives as like, 
a resource for learning about these things. So right. I don't want to see Leah like screaming at Ramona about like the actual stats of like masks and what tactics you should be using to not get sick. So for her to lean away from that and be like, I'm not going to be the authority on what, what will and won't give you coronavirus. But I do know for a fact everybody is fucking dying. And then you're uploading videos of you working out and baking muffins in Florida without a mask. <laughs> and it's crazy. So I definitely agree with you that it was a little bit of both. But I think Leah just decided to to go for that one angle, which is smart. And I cannot get over how stupid Ramona was by truly explaining to everyone that she had coronavirus, went to Aspen, then went to Florida, then went back to New York. And then after all of that, confirmed that she had it the entire time. And she thought that that was a defense. Yeah. And it it was so stupid. Stupid. I, I, it was so, it was very weird to hear them talk about something so real where the stakes yeah. are so high. Um, but it, yeah. It just it makes was, it tough so to keep watching Ramona on this show. Like, I get a kick out of Ramona when it's harmless, but when it's something exactly. like COVID and then we throw the word Mar a Lago in there, I don't love it. I have a hard no. time watching it. It's really stressful. And so, yeah, it's not, I don't like seeing her. I like when she is like, you, you are declasse and you need to go to church. And I'm here for that. I am not here for her going, I don't wear masks on the ocean. I don't wear masks on the ocean and I don't have the virus it's like I I don't want to don't don't lump those together you guys let yeah. her keep being it's yeah we don't need you to talk about it please also you do have coronavirus though <laughs> like, <laughs> they were like you do have it though and she was like no I I no I don't I don't have the virus I don't know I don't know and it's like shut up dude Ooh. I have a question about so there was a lot of talk about this uh wings purple wings tattoo that Leah has on her vagina and I'm just mm -hmm. wondering like what do you think the placement of the wings are do you think it's like up in like a bikini wax area or do you think it's like more I, like I think know, it's up in on. a bikini wax area <laughs> okay. I think it's up in a bikini wax area because also Dorinda saw it when she was peeing that's so right. it seems like if you're just looking at someone dead on it would be in the upper still under you know your swimsuit mm -hmm. uh, uh but not on the labia or under her more of like a pubis area more of a pubis, pubis. pubic bone area <laughs> <laughs> okay great yeah this i do think that, that is logistically where it is on her body uh and i get a kick out of how much it's come up i think it's very funny it's wild how well she's been received i love her so much and clearly everyone does and clearly even on this stage like the ladies do and Andy does and I did note I I had a, a real moment of relating to her when she talked about this show her first season coming out during quarantine because that's exactly how yeah. I felt about Dave yeah and she was like you know when you're isolated and I was just in my apartment all I could see the only way I was connecting with anybody about this show was online so I'm so grateful that the majority of it has been positive because I don't know what would have happened to my mental health if the majority of it was in fact negative in a time when I don't have a very full life to distract me from those comments. So she was like, I'm just so grateful that the response, it was generally good. And I felt this, I was like, that's how I feel about Aww. Dave. I was like, it's so, <laughs> such a relief. And I haven't thought of it necessarily that way before, but like, God forbid if the, if the show or like my performance was just like universally loathed <laughs> and hated and people were like, you're the ugliest fucking worst actress on the face of the earth what are you doing while I was in quarantine just like sitting on my phone it would be the worst so I'm happy that she has had a positive experience coming to the show and I it made me even more concerned for Tinsley who everybody was fucking coming for in Can this I time just say look I really like Tinsley I think she is a very interesting addition to the housewife especially because of her you know history as a socialite in New York is very interesting to mm -hmm. me um she looked like a princess demon. Like, what the fuck was going on with her eyes? Like, her yeah. eyes were so black, right? Mm-hmm. It I, was not a good look. I, I kept wondering if maybe she had her false lashes were a little fucked up. Oh, yeah, If that maybe. was part of it, because that could create, like, a weird black line or, like, just weirdness around your eyes. But I was curious about their glam. Where they all did get professional glam, right? Just with... It appears so. It, yeah, there's no way they did all of those looks themselves. But Tinsley would be the only one that I thought maybe did because hers <laughs> looked a little janky. That's so rude. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. 
Um, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, look, her gown was beautiful. It's just like her look is just kind of wild. Like it really is some form of being a princess at all times. But I hope she's happy and it seems like the right move for her to leave the show. Um, what did we think about Dorinda like not being able to take any responsibility for anything and continuously diverting the conversation to Ramona or anyone it else on the cast? It scared me. It was nerve wracking for me because it is it's it's. It was really shitty for Andy to be like, please just answer the question. We're just we just want to know why you're so sensitive about drinking. And she just couldn't do it. And it made me feel like she was very genuinely a little unhinged. And I was like, yikes. And I wonder now looking back at what how she feels about it now that she's leaving the show. If this is like kind of her last note, it's such a bummer. How did it yeah. make you feel? I wonder if the reason why they decided not to bring her back is because she won't talk about herself. Mm. Um, like she just wants to start fights with everybody else and that's good for a certain amount of seasons but if you're not going to get into your own shit it's like where do you have to go from here um, exactly I think the other women are showing a lot of themselves in their their specific journeys and their jobs and they're very vulnerable and she's just not here for it there was that one therapy session she went to where it was basically just her announcing that she's okay yeah <laughs> she was like I'm actually a lot better now it's like well that's oh okay well <laughs> good for uh, you <laughs> good for you and her fights also with people seem to be just to do with disliking them or being annoyed by them which is also not a good story that doesn't yeah. provide any good storylines if like Dorinda's just mad at you to be mad at you um, and she's so just refusing to engage with other housewives. I mean, Ramona does that too, and I—that's my main complaint about her. But Dorinda literally refused to acknowledge anything Tinsley was saying or doing, and it was big plot points during the season. Yeah, so it's like you're not adding enough value to the show, yeah. dude, and you're just like kind of clogging it up with your screaming matches and your crazy furniture. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think that she—I think that she's had a really great run, and she's been great TV in a lot of ways, but. Yeah, I think this reunion really sealed the deal that it was kind of the right move to to get rid of her or yeah. the, to to mutually agree that it's the end or whatever they said. Yeah, it yeah. feels like we're doing a little bit of a refresh on a lot of these, you know, staples of Housewives. So it'll be interesting to see what all of this brings next season. Hopefully some diversity. That yeah, would be cool. That would be great, especially. Yeah. Yeah. All across the board. But in New York, it's just like, what the? This is fucking shocking. Like, what yeah, is going it's on? egregious in the New York one. But yeah. I bet Leah has some cool friends she can bring around, um, both genuinely in real life or whatever Bravo is going to write in to get people to get join the show. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Let's get into our interview for this week. Yeah, I've been so excited to do this show. Uh, we are doing RuPaul's Drag Race, and we have a really, really funny uh, writer and comedian and actor, Sam Nolman, who is a good friend of mine who uh, was very generous and kind and joined us. And, yeah, I uh, hope you guys enjoy. Okay, you guys, today I'm very, very giddy to introduce an incredibly talented and really, really funny comedy writer who has worked in scripted TV, also is a really frequent collaborator with the favorite cult following amazing queen Trixie Mattel, and happens to be my personal like guru and Sherpa through the world of RuPaul's Drag Race, which is the show we're doing today. His name is Sam Nolman. And damn, is he a cute one. Oh, you little <laughs> fucking bitch. Um, wait, you know what? Let's start over. No, uh, that's fine. You can keep it. Um, Welcome, nice. Sam. No, I'm just Hi. really excited to have you. I also just like miss you. You're one of these faces I haven't seen a lot in quarantine. And for context, it, it, I lived by myself in a studio apartment for yeah. years, and Sam also lived in this building in his own studio apartment that was way better decorated than mine and would be like my version of the best kind of Kramer who would just like come knocking and be like, hey, and we would chat and digest our whole days, and it was like the best. And the moment he found out that I had not seen RuPaul's Drag Race yet, 
was like, you haven't lived. Let me curate a list of seasons and episodes and like the order you need to go in. And then we will stop and have discussion. So really, Sam and I have already sort of done this podcast just off air. That's <laughs> so. true. And uh, let me say, first of all, I miss you so much. And, um, Alyssa, never met. Miss you too. Miss you. Um, <laughs> but then also like... Um, to, <laughs> Anyone listening, I apologize that you're listening to a white gay guy talking about RuPaul's Drag Race. Because, <laughs> because I know you must be hard-pressed to find that anywhere else. <laughs> well, here's also a, what I'll say. A semi- I think... <laughs> Calm down. <laughs> here's, here's what I want to also say, if this helps us feel better about it, is I really dream about this being our episode that kicks us off into the world of Drag Race so that in the future, mm-hmm. if someone wants to do a particular queen in the same way that we do uh, different housewives, like we'll have different people come on and just pick one housewife from the Real Housewife of New York or whatever. So I think this is going to be our first like leap into a whole world of this corner of reality TV. So yes. don't feel like you're burdened too much with being like the one token episode, but I also want to burden you with explaining the entire thing and how it works and all the <laughs> that's, rules. That's fine. I'll be your uh, gatekeeper spelled G-A-Y to keeper. Oh, great. <laughs> um, RuPaul's Drag Race is um, a competition show hosted by RuPaul, very famous drag queen, um, where usually kind of 12 to 14 drag queens compete to be America's next drag superstar. And basically whoever the winner is of that season, they're the, they're that season's season's winner winner. because they say like America's next drag superstar. And like they are, they do get pretty big, but nobody ever gets to the level of RuPaul. Um, (laughs) He doesn't allow it. You'll find that. Yeah. But, uh, it's, um, yeah, no, it's like a bunch of men dressed up like women screaming at each other. It's hilarious. <laughs> I've seen some seasons, but I, I was telling Taylor, like, I am never sure where to start because there's so many different seasons and offshoots and versions. Um, do the people dressing in drag, do most of them identify as men unless they're in drag, then they identify as women? Um, it's all, it's all completely different. It really depends on the person. Um, like, I think it, it used to be that I think a lot of people's definition of drag was very uh, restrictive and was about men dressing up as women or, mm-hmm. or women dressing up as men. But now, no, it's, it's, um, it's all over the place. There are lots of drag queens that they themselves are non-binary or trans mm-hmm. um, or gender fluid. Um, and, uh, and, and it's more about, drag itself is more about performance and and the, yeah, dressing up and your performance anyway. It's not necessarily uh, about swapping genders anymore, though that right. was kind of the crux that is what I think interested most people about it at first that made it feel subversive and different and weird. And now it's expanded. Cool. That's always has, there's always been trans women that have been that uh, vital and incredibly important to the drag scene but like I think they've often been like kind of pushed aside in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and the show does there's like you know like any reality show especially the competitions one competition ones in the talking heads especially when they're first introducing the queens like they uh really explain like kind of their orientation and their relationship with drag and they'll explain and and sometimes it's like a very distant character and then they'll be explaining it like this is just how this character is and then a lot of times especially recently it'll be like this is really a part of me and this is like when i'm showing this part of me and when i'm not um and it's a lot more fluid but they i think that they do a pretty good job of trying to spotlight all of those things so that you you don't spend a lot of time being like wait i don't get it <laughs> yeah and I'll, I'll find i'll find a lot of drag queens like like trixie for example is someone that doesn't care if you call her he or she mm-hmm. at any given moment if she's in drag call her she like definitely mm-hmm. um and <laughs> i would recommend that for any drag queen just don't say he <laughs> yeah they're like i put in all this work honey yeah. <laughs> yeah. please even if they're busted just say she even if they <laughs> look fucking gross and they're bad at it <laughs> Even if you see the five o'clock shadow, she's wearing a wig and makeup. 
Just say she. Just say she. Just She's give it trying. to her. She's trying. How did you end up working with Trixie? Um, I th- when I moved to LA like five and a half years ago, yeah, 2015, um, we met through mutual friends, uh, other drag queens, I think, and we, we ju- just met out at like gay bars and like drag shows and stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, we just became friends and then like we were internet friends and he happened to see like a, a bunch of the stuff I was writing and like sketches I had done. And then he reached out to me, I, I, uh, to, I, to be an, I think, yeah, I, to be an extra on one of his music videos. And then oh. afterwards we got dinner and he was like, I think we should like do stuff together. I think you're really funny. And I was like, what? <laughs> Very weird. <laughs> um, and then we've, yeah, we've just been like really good friends ever since and like, uh, work on some stuff together like I've, I've directed some sketches for her that is so amazing yeah, I, I, that's really, like very impressive to me <laughs> really random and really strange and we're still close friends and I just saw uh I just saw him like two or three days ago like we actually hung out in real life person and not just on wow. facetime wow <laughs> okay <laughs> Can we talk about uh, Philly's own Aquaria for a minute? I do know sure. who Aquaria is. Uh, we do have a big Philly following from on this podcast as both of our boyfriends grew up mm-hmm. in Philly. There's like some trickle over from another podcast about the 76ers, which is a basketball team in Philly. Um, <laughs> shocking stuff to see Aquaria's parents in the audience. It was like seeing my boyfriend's parents in the audience. <laughs> and it was very endearing. Um, what 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 were your feelings on that season and uh, that she ended up winning? Oh, I mean, she's she's great. She I feel like season nine and season ten both had winners that were just very, very polished, very good fashion queens. Mm-hmm. But they themselves are not particularly, uh, I don't want to say interesting because that's not true. They're very interesting. They're mm-hmm. just, they're not comedians or actors or uh, performers in that way. They, they're like Violet and Aquaria are great performers. They're great drag performers. But um, I don't know, personally, I've always gravitated towards the comedians. Right. Um, but Aquaria is unbelievable. She's so, so, so good. Um, Can you walk us through the types of the styles and different like types of queens that people see on the show? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's like, there's pageant queens, which is, if you don't know about pageants, there's lots of local drag pageants where it's like a Miss America thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. But uh, it's lady boys. Um, And, uh, and so those queens are kind of really polished and put together and usually it's a lot of gowns and it's a lot of updos and a lot of like kind of classic makeup and classic drag um old school drag and then you know there's comedy queens like uh Bob the drag queen or jinx monsoon and then there's the fashionistas like violet tchotchke or aquaria what else there's what's like um Alyssa edwards what kind of queen would she be oh she is a dancing queen I love her. She's a dancing yeah. comedy queen. She's so funny. But she's like, not, she's not a comedy queen on purpose. I, I, she's a, <laughs> that's a, it's an accident. Like she did, she never knew. I think she just, I think saw herself on TV and everyone was like, "This person's hilarious. This is really yes. funny." When season five was airing, I was watching it live, and I would watch the episode at the bar first with everybody. And it was an event. First of all, it was like a sporting event. I was like, oh, this is gay sports. Yeah. This is like a different thing. This is like, I, for the first time I understood what <laughs> sports were. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, you all like get together and scream about like who you're rooting for. Yeah. And you're, we're all just shouting and getting out of our chairs and screaming, <laughs> except we're, instead of going like, yeah, Philly, you're going like, fucking bitch, yes, cunt, slay. <laughs> And snapping mm-hmm. and like uh it was yeah and uh and then I would just I would watch it at the bar and I would go home the same night and watch the episode again so I could really hear it and then I would watch I... another point during the week before the next episode like I just became so hyper obsessed with it and I think it's because of this I was watching it with a straight friend my roommate at the time and uh we I was like you have to I I want to see what you think of this show. Yeah. And we were watching it and he went, 
uh, afterwards, he was like, I'm a little uncomfortable. And I was like, what, what do you mean? What, what do you mean? He's like, no, obviously I have no problem with anything. He's like, I think I'm uncomfortable because this is the first time I've ever realized I'm watching something that isn't for me. Oh, wow. And I was like, oh, fascinating. And I think that's the thing I wasn't putting to words was it was the first time I was watching something that was for me, that it was mm. populated by, created by, completely made by and for gay people. Like it yeah. was 100% for LGBTQ people. And I was like, this is, this is really different, even though I, I always hated reality shows a lot. Sorry to your entire podcast. <laughs> no, that's okay. <laughs> it's a similar, it's a similar feeling. What we talk about a lot on these shows is that there's not a lot that's marketed to people outside of straight white men. And we're all expected to see our experiences in, in those stories. And so yeah. these offshoots that are not like, you know, prestige, like TV shows that are supposed to be silly. It's actually like everyone else's experiences. And we identify with things because it's, it's like, it's different. It's being graded on a different scale. It's not for, you know, yeah, like, I think, I mean, Drag Race started out pretty small. Like it was on Logo, which yeah. was just like a, you know, deep <laughs> digital cable gay network, I guess, like where, that they'd record out of like the back of a van in <laughs> P-Town. The thing I always tell people is I'm like, start with season four. That's the one that gets people hooked. Yeah. And then go, do like four, five, six, and then go back or or just go all the way through. I, I don't know. I yeah. Who are some of your favorite queens? Um, I love I mean, uh obviously Trixie is mm-hmm. a gutted Gila monster. Uh and then um yeah, Jinx Monsoon, Bob the Drag Queen, oh. Monet Monet Exchange. Um I love oh, I love a lot of the queens that went home early that uh, are less popular. I love a lot, like Nicole Page Brooks, who is basically a Georgia diner waitress. Uh, <laughs> like that, like if you want that type of drag. Same with Jasmine Masters, who's amazing. And uh, Oh yeah. I, uh, yeah. I think what's so fun about it too is watching it because there's a, like, it's essentially a talent show. It's a talent show and beauty pageant and like art competition basically because of all of these looks require so much talent when it comes to actually working with fabrics and making a design. And so I've had like heated arguments with people while watching episodes about who should win what because they take a challenge and you can run a mile in any direction with it. And it's so impressive and it's so hard to be objective and like have a winner of a certain runway challenge when there's just like so many ways to fucking nail it well that's i like i don't think there's any other show where the contestants have to be so many fucking things and have to do so many things like they they have to be seamstresses they have to be comedians they have to be singers they have to be dancers They, they have to do all of those things um and uh yeah, it's a, like an all-around performance and fashion, uh, like jack of all trades. You have to be to work and do well at this show. Um, and I don't know. Yeah, drag queens are really impressive. It's like you can't really be a lazy drag queen. It's not no. possible. That's why I'm not a drag queen because <laughs> I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna learn how to do makeup or how to sew or how to dance. it's also it's like they're doing all of these things they have so much to fucking do and they're expected to first of all be interacting with each other and have drama amongst each other that has to do with the competition and then they'll simultaneously get footage of rue and like a guest walking around and like interviewing them they'll be like you have 20 minutes to sew a ball gown out of skittles and we're going to be interviewing (laughs) you while you do it and there's all this pressure every time the camera is on they're such performers and they're very good at like creating a brand and have to be very conscious about every single thing they do and say like even in these interviews all of them have the best like one-liners and they're trying to make rue laugh and they're trying to like stay on a certain and also trying to be like 
vulnerable and open and honest because the judges will call you out on that shit too. And they'll be like, you're too polished and perfect. We want to see the real you. And you're like, fuck, I'm exhausted. (laughs) But the cameras are always on. And then after the show got so popular, they added Untucked. Yeah, which is a 30-minute episode just of the drama that happens backstage while they're waiting to be judged. Like, that's literally all that Untucked is. But, like, no, you know what's so fascinating about it, too, is, like, I feel like the show kind of started as a semi-parody offshoot of America's Next Top Model. Like, oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> Rue was, it feels like Rue was kind of doing a little bit of a Tyra Banks uh, thing. Yeah. And, um, you know, harboring these children through the land of drag. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> and so, like, it, and that's what's interesting about drag in itself, too, is it's mockery, but then the people in it take it so seriously. And yet, like, I was thinking about this recently because I've now been watching Drag Race since, I guess, like, 2013 or 14. And um, <laughs> you get kind of, um, what's the word? You get, you get uh, indoctrinated by it because when you actually, like, sit back and watch the show and, like, watch the challenges, they're really bad. It's a very bad like poorly made show like it's really cringy most of drag race is really cringy the fashion is fantastic and actually the fashion challenges are really good because it's you're just watching these people create amazing things and walk the runway but when you're asking people who can't act to act or or worse asking people who are not funny to do stand-up comedy it's just unbearable and so you either have to be a huge fan of cringe or watch the so show so religiously that it doesn't phase you anymore yeah <laughs> so you stop you become numb to that level of uh discomfort that you would normally get from someone doing something so cringy and awful and getting on stage and embarrassing themselves when they're trying so hard and this is like the biggest uh, thing in their lives. If you're a drag yeah. queen, the biggest thing you could possibly ever get to is RuPaul's Drag Race. They talk about it being the Olympics of drag. Um, but Which yeah, is, no. yeah, the stakes are so high. Like, especially in most recent seasons when it's so, it's so much even more popular and people would be like, I have been applying to get on this show for the past fucking six years and I yeah. finally get on it. And a lot of people like the Olympics, people choke. People get to the very first day and they just like can't deal. And there's a lot of like inter group pressure about that where people will be like, I know what's happening. Also, they have uh, the all-star seasons of people who get to come back. And those are the, I love those because the psychology behind them, everybody has a chip on their shoulder. Everybody has a note from the judges that they have to decide whether they're going to completely correct or they're going to like double down on and be like, no, this is me. And both have worked. But the yeah. the psychology is not unlike the Olympics, in my opinion, of like, <laughs> it really, the stakes yeah, no, are like, so, so high. For, like, well, Trixie's a great example of this because, and she'll tell you herself, like she, she's now one of the most popular drag queens on the planet. And she was not good at drag race. Like she did really poorly. Like, yes, she won all stars, but everyone's really um, obnoxious about it. And, and by the way, this is the thing that happens constantly is I'll meet someone that will find out or know that I uh, am friends with Trixie and they'll be like, oh my God, you're friends with Trixie. That's so cool. Shangela was robbed. <gasps> and I'm like, okay, I, <laughs> cool. And, but the thing is, I, you know, I asked Trixie about that and her response was like, uh, I don't give a shit. I won. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, say it all you want. I fucking won. I have the money. I have the crown. Yeah. Yes, that's it. That's what you got to do, honey. I love that. (laughs) I think that's so funny. But it is like, she, she's a a person who just like, it, it, she couldn't, her humor and her drag and her talent didn't fully translate, at least on the, definitely on season seven, the first time, because she went home pretty early. 
Mm -hmm. um but then like kind of made her career after the fact after drag race do you have uh some favorite or iconic scenes that you just like love or a particular oh god yeah there are ones i mean there are the like classic ones that everyone loves and everyone quotes all the time but i have my own particular specifics okay from season two there was this puerto rican queen named jessica wilde um who was great um uh very sexy as a man and then also and then <laughs> kind of busted as a woman but uh <laughs> she uh they were doing some challenge where they oh they had to they had to like be on a like a fake uh, news program like an interview <laughs> and they had to sell this drink this particular <laughs> drink i can't remember what it was but in the middle of being interviewed, Jessica Wilde just kept going, oh, I love this drink. Oh, honey, I love this drink. I love it. I love it. Drink. This drink is amazing. And there is another <laughs> Jessica Wilde that's my absolute, this, this is one of my favorites of all time, which is they, they had to do a uh, magazine uh, cover photo shoot. And it was for their... <laughs> whatever their magazine would be about them. And hers was Jessica Wilde dreams of a golden child, uh, which <laughs> uh, who knows what that means. But, and um, they were doing the photo shoot and the photographer was like, all right, you're getting, getting ready, uh, Jessica. And her eyes are closed and she's just standing there with her eyes closed. And then the photographer goes, uh, Jessica, what are you thinking about? And she goes, my dreams. It's one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. What are you thinking about? <laughs> my dreams. My dreams. <laughs> um, I have to uh, also <laughs> admit that you have a incredible talent of giving people drag names. Uh -oh. oh, yes. I have a list <laughs> on my phone of them. And Tony, who... Sam says, Tam Sam and Tony are the two best friends that anybody ever had. <laughs> they are the best friends anybody ever had. And it really stressed Sam out for a while that Tony did not have a drag name and he needed one and was like thinking of all these really good ideas and then had just like the most brilliant deep cut American Vandal reference and decided to call Tony Precious Moments, which is oh, where. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Forgot about that. Which is where Dylan shits in season one. He goes to an <laughs> antique store called Precious Moments and he takes a dump. And so yeah. Sam was like, your name would be Precious Moments and we could call you Precious. And Tony yeah. was like, that's honestly genius. <laughs> I did drag for like a short time when I lived in New York. I was in a drag band called Death Bitch. Ooh, um, <laughs> I like drag, that. like glam punk band called Death Bitch. And I What did you the, guys play? Um, I was the lead singer and... Uh, they and then it was three of my friends were all straight actually and I gave them drag names um, but uh, we yeah it was like a glam punk band and we did we like did original songs and then some weird random covers um, like and, and like our songs would like dip in and out of random things like she's a lady by Tom Jones or then we jump onto some against me. It was really all over the place. That's cool. Um, but I would just wear like a brown prom dress my friend gave me from her actual prom. No, who wore brown to prom? That's tough. <laughs> my friend Allie. <laughs> what state, it just what outs her immediately. Prom in. I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> um, wow. And what was your drag name in this band? So first I was called Rita Book. And then... <laughs> I found out there already was a Rita book, so then I changed it to Rhonda Civic. Um, I like and that. Then my straight friends, who were also in drag, uh, it was uh, my friend Jordan was on guitar as he was Helena Handbasket, and then yeah. uh, my friend John on bass was Myrtle Broadway, which is a street in New York, and then uh, <laughs> my friend Drew was on drums and he named himself, which was Diarrhea Perlman. <laughs> um, but I had like too many drag names. I there were too many that I wanted. Like I was like, I Little Miss Piss, 
uh, per- Pearl Interrupted. Um, one time I was on the phone with Trixie and uh, we were talking about something and I was talking about something I was, I, I guess, acting in or something. And he, and he went like, oh yeah, I guess they're just looking for some Jewy nobody. And I thought he said, Julie nobody. And I went, Julie nobody? That's my drag name. And he's like, that's not what I said, but yes, it is. <laughs> this reminds me of um, the like name that Britney Spears will stay under at hotels to conceal her identity is Anita Dick. And so I feel like that has to be her drag name. Is that really what that sucks <laughs> that sucks so hard that's all sam is mean i told you that's i'm not being mean i'm being absolutely I, what's a britney she spears came up with it herself <laughs> she came up with it herself okay? <laughs> don't you think it's clever sam come on <laughs> i <laughs> <laughs> I, I personally love it and I'm willing to fight over it so uh, the entire free Britney movement is going to come after me no it's fine <laughs> I'll beat them off but I, I do think that that is, this is surprisingly like, clever for her you know this is where I'd like to announce the cage Britney movement <laughs> <laughs> you guys are winning I think I think you're, <laughs> you're in first place at this point <laughs> I don't know much about it but it seems fucked up man <laughs> yeah, that's that's it. That's all. We, it, the more, decided to the more you out. learn. We're not yeah. gonna take sides. Yeah, <laughs> we love yeah. Britney and we want what's best for her. That's we love Britney. We love Britney's dad. I'm not gonna take sides. Like I just feel like I love Britney's dad. Okay, I've got so many names here. Do you know how much time? Give me a tell really us good more one. names. Yeah, give us more names. Uh, okay, what do we got? We got Jan Rather. Uh, we got. No. <laughs> we got. Audrey Rugburn. Or I love, you. like, I think if I did drag again, I think I would just be, like, some girl's name. Like, I'd be just, like, Lindsay Paducah. <laughs> like, I think, and I would just wear, like, pant, like sweatpants that said Juicy and, like, a bump it in my hair. And, oh, like, my God. Bump it. I had a bump it. And yeah, I'd just be, like, you did. we're taking those dogs <laughs> to the park. We're going to pavilions. And we're getting chicken for the party. <laughs> we're getting chicken for the party that's actually me for the party are you being me <laughs> sweatpants and buying chicken for the party in a bump it is my is what i do every day <laughs> Ooh, want to hear wait want to hear the absolute worst drag name i came up with uh a borat themed name which is oh. it's my wife <laughs> <laughs> Okay, that one I get, and I think that's funny. So I think I'm just bad at this. My <laughs> wife. I like My that. Wife. I like that a lot. All right. We have to also, we should give one to Alyssa. Alyssa should have a drag name. Ooh, okay. What this is you, like a are, first impression drag name because, you know, we're just getting acquainted. So I might have to come back and ask for like a now that you really know me drag name later on. Right. Well, okay. This is going to sound, I don't mean this to sound mean. Uh, great. Perfect. <laughs> you seem... <laughs> Okay, wait. Number one, are you Jewish? Yeah. Okay, yes. <laughs> I was like, this is going to be about my fucking nose, isn't it? <laughs> no, no, no. First of all, I'm Jewish. My name's Sam Nolman, which mm-hmm. I believe is Hebrew for Jew face. So don't worry. <laughs> but like, uh, no, I was going to say, so you're probably a hypochondriac. So I would call you echinacea. Okay, great. <laughs> I also think that Echin- a oh. name. Echinacea remains stamos. Echinacea remains Stamos. I like that. I'll take that. I also think that this is a fun spin, Alyssa, on what you were called in middle school, and you could change your 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 name to Alyssa Clitman. Yeah, I was called you Alyssa Clitman. Yeah. Is it just because it's Litman, or was there a story? Um, <laughs> as far as I know, it came from someone that I didn't fuck, so I'm pretty <laughs> sure it was just based on Litman. Uh, but it spread around pretty fast to the people I did fuck, so. Okay, you didn't have, like, a big nub of a clit that everyone was talking about. No, I think it's just easy to put a C in front of the <laughs> Litman, I would assume. Right. Although, you know, I haven't checked out that many other women's clits, so I have no I, idea. I had a really funny nickname. Like, people would be like, um, hey, faggot, and I'd be like, that's so funny. <laughs> And now they're all 
And they said that on your Facebook timeline. And I was like, you guys are my best friends, and that is funny. And we're all (laughs) hanging out on Friday. This is so sad to me. Um, No, that's not true. (laughs) Nobody called. (laughs) Well, not nobody. I mean, it did happen, but I'm not. (laughs) Oh, um, We have not wrapped the podcast, and we're Zooming. Get out of here. Oh, my God. My boyfriend's vlogging through the background in his underwear. Show me. Show. Show him to me. Show me the boy. Bring the boy over here. Tell the boy to walk through frame. Show me your boyfriend. I want to see your boyfriend. Okay. (laughs) I would like him to put some clothes on for Taylor's sake. Uh, Yeah, I don't want to see him naked. Shield your eyes, girl. Let me see the boy. I've seen him in his little swimsuit. So I've seen Mike. Um, Okay, wait, Sam. Where... Can people find you and things that you've made on the internet? Oh, okay. So my Venmo <laughs> is at Sam Nolman, N-U-L-M-A-N. No, uh, my Twitter is at Samuel Nolman, N-U-L-M-A-N. N as in Nancy, U-L, M as in Marlborough, A-N as in Nancy. Um, and then... <laughs> And my Instagram is like is at Sam Nolman, and um, on YouTube I have a sketch group called Pizza Time. If you search my name, you can watch. They're really, really, really stupid. Um, every sketch is dumber than the last one. Um, I very, very I, funny. I Pair it with a glass of wine and a joint, and you're gonna laugh for days, you guys. Yes. Oh, wait, hold on, I'm not done. I also have a series of potato sculptures. <laughs> Uh, that are in water. Um, I have a new uh, line of socks, I want to say. Um, you also have a real, very real web series that I am in. Oh, yeah. Wow. Uh, it's called, yeah, it's called Boyfriends. It's also on YouTube if you search Sam Nolman Boyfriends. Um, and Taylor's really good in it. You're in one episode. and i steal the show motherfucker uh no that's so funny and everything you make is great but i think that the potato sculptures are kind of the best thing that you do oh thank you and fuck you (laughs) uh sam thank you so much for joining us and for naming us and just blessing us with your presence and your knowledge um and i'm excited for you and Alyssa to become best friends and probably leave me in the dust but thank you (laughs) Us. Thank you guys for having me.